Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. When you're together in a relationship and you don't have a vision, where there is no vision, the people are like this. They can't be restrained. Can two walk together, Amos? Can two people walk together unless they're in agreement? No, they can't. If there's no vision, you can't keep people restrained. That's what it's saying. Well, I, I knew that related to anything else, but I didn't know that related to marriage. The Genesis principle in the Bible is God began in Genesis 1 creating everything, and the first thing that God said is, let there be light. When God, when God begins to work, he turns on the light. When the devil begins to work, he turns off the light. Because the God is the God of all lights, and the devil is the prince of darkness. So whatever the devil is going to do in your marriage, he's got to deceive you and put you in darkness before he can do it. But whatever God is going to do in your marriage, he's going to flip the light on first. Let there be light. And that means vision. God wants us to see before anything else happens. And when God was creating, the first thing that happened is he said, there's going to be light and everything I do is going to be in the presence of light. So vision is light. Vision is letting God tell you what his purpose for your marriage is. God, why did you put us together? God, what are we here for? And God comes and gives you light. And here are the five virtues of vision. Why is vision so important? Well, let me just tell you five reasons. And let me tell you the alternative if these things aren't happening in your marriage. The five virtues of vision. Number one is clarity. I, do you know why God puts you together? Let me say something. How do you know you're being successful if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish? You can't measure success. You say, well, why did God put you together? Um, how do you know if you're being successful when your answer is, um, that was my answer. If you came to Karen and me and you said, why did God put you, did God put you together? Absolutely. Why? Um, how do you measure um? How do you get to a place called um? And say, we got there. We're, we're at um. And it's awesome. Let me say right now. Confusion is the opposite of clarity. God never creates anything to operate in confusion. God wants us to operate in light. And God will speak to us if we'll let him speak to us. Number two virtue of vision is energy. Passion. This is what Habakkuk 2.2 says. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. See, when you, when you don't know what the vision is for your life and your marriage, I mean, it's hard to get excited because you don't know. But when you put the vision down, it creates excitement. Let me say something about God's vision for your life. I just, you know, I used to think to myself, what would I ever do that would fulfill me? I can't tell you how much I love to do what I do. I can't tell you when Karen and I sit down and put on paper the vision for our marriage in our lives. It's the most exciting. I thought if you served God, the Lord would send you someplace you'd want to go. 
Okay, so Jesus, I surrender. Outer Tasmania for you. And get that smile off your face. Get this. Don't you ever smile again. You're serving me now, bud. That's the way I thought God was. And a dear gentleman from Scotland set me free because I was in church one day and I felt like I've got all these desires in my life, but I'm sure I'll probably never fulfill them. And here's what Campbell McAlpine said from Scotland. He said this, we don't have the kind of a God that gives you a desire and frustrates it. We have the kind of a God who gives you desire and fulfills it. And so some people would say, well, you know, Jimmy, how am I going to get so passionate and energetic about this? When you hear God tell you why he made you, you will never be as excited in your entire life. I love to wake up in the morning. I love to wake up in the morning with that woman right there. I love what we're about. I love what we do. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. And every natural skill and talent in my life is being used. I couldn't do what many of you do. I just couldn't do it. I'm not wired that way, but I'm wired this way. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And easy means custom fit. When I come and put my yoke on you, you'll say, that is the best fitting thing I've ever worn in my entire life. It size you. Write that vision down. And the person who reads it's going to go, whoa, I get to do this? They're going to run. It's exciting. Versus apathy. And I remember sitting at home in a bad marriage. just Couldn't get motivated. I didn't know what to do. We had no purpose. Just bored. Felt like I, you know, just was in a sentence called marriage. Number three, virtue of vision is purity. It says, without vision, people cast off restraint. It means they're going to live a bad life, a sinful life. But happy is he who keeps the law. When you don't have a vision, you live your life with negative thoughts guiding you because you don't know what you're supposed to do. Without vision, people cast off restraint. But happy is he who follows what God tells me to do. I'm not living my life trying not to do something. I'm living my life trying to do something. Before I had a vision, I was trying not to mess up and not to fail in my marriage. Now, I don't live my life not to do bad things. I don't have to worry about that. And if you live the rest of your life saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to mess up. Well, I don't. You're going you're to live a bad life. Until you get God's vision for your life, happy is he who keeps the instruction that God gives him. It's the reason that you live. Number four, virtue of vision is unity. Well, this is a huge one. Uh, uh, vision, unity. Division means two visions. The word division means two visions. Why do you fight? Because you don't see eye to eye. You ever heard that saying? Why don't you see eye to eye? Because you're looking one place and you're looking another place. Can two people walk together unless they're in agreement? No. Why? Because their heads are turned in different directions. When you're in agreement, you're looking right here. You're both walking in the same way. You've got one vision. But when you're not in agreement, you've got two visions. Division. And here's what Jesus said. Now, listen to what Jesus said. Luke eleven seventeen. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. It is impossible to succeed while you're divided. 
And that's what the devil understands. In Genesis 11, God came down to the Tower of Babel and here's what he said. Because they're of one mind, nothing will be impossible for them. So the Tower of Babel became the place where God divided the languages of the earth because they were in rebellion to him. And he said, because they're one, nothing will be impossible. When you are unified in your marriage, nothing is impossible. When you are divided, you cannot succeed. You can't. Division, two visions. Do you have one vision from God or do you both have your own way of looking at things and you're not seeing eye to eye and one person's trying to go this way and the other person's going this way and it's just a, a catfight to try to see who's gonna win that. And by the way, the word provision means for the vision. Why would God give you provision when you don't have a vision? But when you have a vision, he's gonna give you all the provision for it. If he says to you, my will for your child, let's say you have three children, you go on your vision retreat and you pray about each of your children. You say, God, what do you want for these three children? And the Lord says, well, I want this for this child. I want this for this child. And I want this for this child. Guess who's gonna pay for it? God. Because you have his vision, he's gonna give you the provision for it. When you have vision, you will never lack provision. When you don't have vision, you're not gonna get the, the provision that you want. Because why would God pay for something that he's not a part of? And I'm not saying he loves you, you know, but provision means for the vision. Number five, virtue. A vision is victory. Victory. This is the message version of Proverbs 29, 18. Listen to this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Victory. You're going to succeed when you get vision you're going to be successful versus failure. You know, Karen and I failed. We didn't have a vision, so we were failing. Well, let me talk about the process of vision real quick. So God created us in our mother's womb for a purpose, and that purpose is relationship. It's why we're alive. It's what God will bless. The devil's always working to try to divide us and to get us to take something is the purpose of our lives rather than someone, but God wants to give us a vision for our lives. Let me, let me talk about the process of a vision retreat. I want to say this to you. It'll transform your life. It won't change your life. It will transform your life. It will transform your marriage. It's worth anything you have to do to do this. So let me just kind of go through this. Three to five days away with no kids. Don't take your kids. If, if you take your kids, it's not a vision retreat. Okay, I'm saying. So you have to get a babysitter, leave them with mom and dad, leave them with somebody but you need to get away alone together. Could you do it in a couple of days? Maybe, but you need three to five days. You need enough time to get away, to kind of you know, get in a good environment. And, and again, there are some things that you need to do before you go. Do it at least once a year, okay? Why would you do it more than once a year if you're fighting? Or if you have some huge life changes that are taking place in your life. See, Karen and I know when we need a vision retreat because we start arguing. And so we'll, we'll start talking about something and we can't get along with what we understand. We're, we're fighting about it or just, you know, kind of nagging at each other about it. And what we realize is the reason that we're fighting about this is because we don't have a vision in this area. It happens all the time. And so we have, we will have a vision retreat more often than once a year if we feel like there's something unresolved between us. Let me say this about, I mean, by the way, is, let me just go by my notes here. It can be camping or a resort. Anywhere you want to go. You say, does it have to be expensive? Take a tent into the woods. I mean, if that's what you enjoy, don't, you know, don't do it if you don't. But, you know, <laughs> Karen, let me tell you, Karen and I have stayed some really crummy motels. I'm talking about cheap, crummy, but we loved it because we were together and it's all we could afford. 
we didn't have any money. It doesn't even have to be expensive. If you go to an expensive place, let me say, but it needs to be a place that you, you're not too distracted to have your vision retreat. Half a day, you pray and talk. In half a day, you have fun. Okay. Now we're morning people. We wake up very early in the morning and, and my brain is most awake from five in the morning until noon. That's when I do all my thinking. From five. If you want me to give me when I'm not thinking, give me after lunch. But Karen and I the same way. We're more, so we, we wake up, we love to pray, we love to talk, we love to interact in the mornings like that. Some people, they're not morning people, so they may find a different time of day. Three or four hours, you sit and you talk, you pray, you, you process you know, information uh, through your book there, but the rest of the time you have fun. It needs to be a fun time. Um, read the book before you go, because the book will give you some information about what to do and not to do before you go, you know, um, you don't begin with confrontation. You don't begin by saying, thank God I finally got you here. You can't get away. And let me just tell you right now, a friend of ours, very, very godly guy, uh, went, got his wife <laughs> on the vision retreat. He kind of has a type A personality. He said, baby, we're going to the top of the mountain, whether you realize it or not. And she, she did not go to the top of the mountain on her, you know. So you might fight and that's okay. Okay. Let me ask you this question. I want you to process this with me now. Okay. Let's say that you, let's say you don't go on a vision retreat because you're afraid you're going to fight. Let's just say that there's an issue that you, you can't resolve. And so it's going to stay unresolved and you're going to have this chronic unresolved issue in your marriage for the next 15 years because you don't talk about it. Okay. Or let's say you go on your vision retreat and you, you fight and you just talk about it and you fight and you stay right there and you, and let's just say it maybe takes you another two months of praying and talking until you finally resolve it and come up with a vision. Would you rather fight two months and live the rest of your life happy or would you rather live in a chronically bad marriage for the next 15 years? You might fight. When Karen and I have our vision retreat and we begin to talk about issues, sometimes we get frustrated, we get angry, but we're committed to the process and as soon as you resolve it, you don't ever fight again about that issue. You just don't fight. When we took our first vision retreat, we had three issues, our kids, money and my schedule. And these were the three chronic, there were some issues, our kids were young. There were some issues related to our kids. We just, they were just always caused us to be aggravated at each other. Money was tight and we had tension in that area. And then my schedule, Karen was always telling me, I didn't understand, I was very insensitive, I didn't understand that the decisions that I made affected Karen. And so I was very insensitive to do things that she didn't agree with and, and I defended them rather than listening to my wife. So we went on our first vision retreat and we talked about the big issues. We talked about the big, why did God put us together and all that, very important. But then we got down to talking about those issues. We fought. When we talked about the kids, we kind of argued a little bit. We talked about money, we argued a little bit. When we talked about my schedule, we argued. We resolved all three of those issues. We came up with a vision. We agreed with what we believed God was saying. We stopped fighting, period. We did not fight for months after that. And we had incredible intimacy. Not dealing with it, you're never going to deal with it. Let me, let me go into the next, next part of this. Begin by surrendering your marriage to God. I don't want to win in, in the discussion about our kids, my schedule, money, or any issue. I don't want to win. I want what God wants because we're submitted to God. So it's not two strong-willed people butting heads. It's two submitted people trying to find God. And you begin in that environment of saying, God, we want what you want. We surrender our marriage to you. And then you 
pray. You talk, but you're praying and hearing God. Now, some people say, well, that's spooky, Jimmy. I don't, I don't hear God that way. Well, let me tell you the three different kinds of people. They're seers, hearers, and feelers. Karen is a feeler. I'm a hearer and a seer. When God speaks to me, I hear God. I mean, I just, in my heart now, I'm saying I hear God and I'm very visionary and it's easy for me to see things. So I'll say to Karen, you know, Karen, I believe that, you know, the Lord said this to me, the Lord showed this to me. And Karen would say, I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. And I'll just think, okay, then just submit. And uh, I, that's the answer to all difficulty in life. But Karen will say this, but let me tell you how I feel. And I've learned that God, I'm not talking about just emotions. I'm talking about godly feelings. Karen's a feeler. And I've learned a long time ago, I better listen to what she says when she says she feels something. Because when Karen feels something, 99.99% of the time, it is God speaking. So we'll talk about the kids. And I'll say, well, I, hear, I believe the Lord spoke this to me. And she'll say, this is what I feel about that. And we don't bully each other. We don't dominate. We listen until we find a point of agreement. No one dominates. No one bullies. And it may take a while. And we're, we're committed to that. And we sit there in the presence of God until we believe that we've heard. And then we write it down and we become accountable to it. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.